Oh, thank you. Hey, everyone. Before we get this episode started, also, <laughs> I wanted to sound like a YouTuber. That's why I started off with, hey, everyone, like, subscribe below. You know how YouTubers are. Okay, but before we get started, I want you to know we are going extra big with the all-star season of Vulnerability Time podcast. So, guess what? We got video podcast. So, click in the episode description below if you wish to watch the video of the podcast as well. It'll be a YouTube link, so you can go ahead and get it going and get watching it. Make sure to follow, like, subscribe below. (laughs) Such a YouTuber, right? Anyways, folks, enjoy the episode. another episode of vulnerability time it's the all-star season all-stars okay 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 so a fan favorite is back an all-star Callie hi (laughs) so she's back because you know y'all loved her episode I loved her episode we love a good all-star we love a good all-star Callie thank you yes okay so we're just gonna jump right in it so this is a, a discussion point um, that no one has picked yet. Um, you're the first one to pick it, and I've been waiting for someone to pick it. So, wait, which one I picked two? Yeah, you picked two. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start off with the testimony one first, because I really yeah. want to hear that, and then like if we have enough time, we'll like do the other one. But obviously, this is gonna be conversational, so it might jump from A to Z to the letter three. You know how it is. Same like last time. Um, okay. But I definitely want to like touch on your um, your testimony. So if you see me okay. look off to the side, it's because I'm keeping track of like time and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me just like totally blend. Also, when I think of testimony, I think of like my my Jesus testimony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, your high power testimony. Okay. Our high power testimony. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's vulnerability okay, cool. time. Anything's okay. Okay. Testimony time. So, you know, what drew you to that specifically? Like, what was the motivation? I, I want to ask that before we get into it. I'm just curious. I feel like my testimony is always something that, like, I'm passionate and I feel called to share. I also feel like the more people share about their testimonies, the less power you give to like any shame or guilt that like might come with it. Mm -hmm. Um, It it helps people open up to like talking about what they struggle with. And I just feel like if more people shared their testimonies, like it's, it's like a super powerful thing. Very, very. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm definitely feeling that. I definitely am agreeing with that 1000%. That's something that, you know, I'm needing to work on a little bit more. I used to like love to share my testimony and now I'm just like, not ashamed of it, but like, I, I know this sounds, I hope this doesn't sound super arrogant, but this is literally my reality. 
this is this has been something I've encountered. Like when I share my testimony, people are like, "Really?" Because like I'm gay, mm-hmm. you know. And so when they find out, oh, I actually died before and I got to meet Jesus physically, you know, um, mm-hmm. some people are like, some. When I say some people, I mean like uh, Christians. You know? Oh yeah. And I'm just like, wow, thanks. And so it's kind of like got me down a little bit mm-hmm. and made me think that like it's not a powerful testimony and that no it's I powerful it. yeah and i know it it's is but my feelings and my mm-hmm. thought you know it it made me feel invalidated yeah there we go mm-hmm. like you were crazy yes not that i was crazy but that like it either wasn't true like basically yeah like invalidate it mm-hmm. or in in that like i'm not worthy of that encounter i feel like it's your story and people can't like say it didn't happen because they were never fully there yeah. i know that like i i can see how people would like feel because like i grew up in a really um traditional christian like family or mm-hmm. and, like church where like we didn't really talk much about like miracles or like crazy signs or things like that and so like you just kind of grow up super skeptical because you're like this never really happens or if it does you think it like happens in like like those countries you know where like they don't have like christians there and you know and so like to come across that i think there is a level of like fear to believing it Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day like it's really just between you and God and right. if that's what brought you to believe and like you're here now then then that's what it is and right. it'll touch who it's meant to touch right. but if you don't share it at all then it's just not going to touch anybody right 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 it will land on the right ears yes but we miss 100% of the shots we don't take I forgot who said that but somebody said that and so it's yeah, kind of like definitely. You know, you never knew, know who's going to need to hear it. So with that mm-hmm. being said, Callie, I don't even know uh, what to say, what to ask, um, because I just want to sit and let you kind of go testimony time. And if if we get time for the other ones, just for the folks that are listening, the other one um, discussion point was not where I want to be, but exactly where I need to be. Mm. like in life that's uh, the other one Callie picked Callie oh Callie came um, with the wisdom Um, okay so testimony time okay from the start yes so grew up in a Christian family Um, if I like say like when uh oh it froze up a little bit it'd be like fifth grade Wait, sorry, it froze up a little bit. Oh, okay. So, grew up in a Christian family. Um, Fifth grade comes, children minister was like, um, raise your hand, close your eyes, raise your hand if you believe you're going to go to heaven in that moment. I wasn't sure. And then my mom saw it. She had a talk with me. I honestly don't remember what she said, but I remember like out of fear of not going to hell, which I feel like is like how most kids do it these days or like not these days, but when you're young, like you're very simple minded, you don't think in complex ways. And so 
it's very much like, oh, I don't want to go to hell. I fear it. So then I'm just going to believe in God so I can go to heaven. Right. And right. Then, fear, fear based. Yeah. Yeah. So pray, give my life to Jesus, got baptized. It's one of those things where I'm like, yes, I was a child and I don't remember too much. But looking back at my life, um, I do genuinely believe that that was when God came into my life because I've only seen growth and change from there, which is only from the Holy Spirit. Um, so gave my life fifth grade, middle school hit. That's I think that's the season when I, I think everyone who grows up in church goes through a period where they doubt and they wonder like, do I just believe in God because I was raised in it? Is God even real? What about other religions? And you kind of develop your own reasoning for believing what you believe and not just kind of blindly tagging along because that's what everyone else is doing. So that was kind of the season when I developed my own faith and grew into that. Then high school and beginning of college is when I believe, and this is where the majority of my testimony kind of comes, is where I believe that like when the gospel became personal to me, mm. it was always kind of like, you believed logically that it happened and you're like, yeah, 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 Jesus like died on the cross for you, rose up from the grave, blah, blah. But it was never really personal in my life right. until maybe high school. So. And this is a topic, one reason why I'm passionate about talking about it was because growing up in church where like purity was a huge thing and then um, porn and masturbation, things like that was always geared towards men. Like if you think about like pastors addressing like, oh, you should stop watching porn. Right, it's more it's always like, guys, guys don't do right. that. And so I was a young girl who like struggled with that right honestly like it's it started before i even knew like what was happening what i was doing right, until, like right. before i could fully even understand it and then in middle school high school was when like my mom her, my mom's version of the purity talk to me or like the puberty talk sorry was um mm -hmm. going through a book together and so we went like went through a book and it wasn't until then that i realized like what i was doing and then like all like guilt and shame immediately hit mm. and I was like I feel like a weird girl because in my head and what I've been told is that only guys struggle with this and so I felt like mm. something was wrong with me to mm. like deal and struggle with this and so then I held it in Mm. And I was like heavily involved in church because I grew up in it and I was like leading worship, leading youth. And, but this was like my deep, dark secret. And I felt like if anybody like knew that I like did this, then they would immediately like abandon me or mm -hmm. like they would that like rejection me. yeah reject me think that mm -hmm. i was like weird for like being a girl who like did this mm -hmm. or whatnot and then meanwhile like i kept it in was battling it by myself and i like it i think with any addiction like i call that addiction people yeah. i think everyone kind of goes through their own addictions whatever it may mm -hmm. be yeah and with any addiction it's kind of like a defeating cycle where mm -hmm. You do something and you're like, God, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again. And then you fail and then you repeat it. And then it happens so many times where you get to a point where you're like, I don't even feel genuine 
Right. Like, I got any more about it. God's probably honestly tired of hearing my like mm-hmm. thousandth apology that you at, you at this point like don't even expect to like carry through. Right. Um. And so people either I think when it comes to addiction they either kind of like numb. Yeah. You know, they either numb or they like do the opposite where you're fearful of becoming numb to it. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. you like put on tons and tons of guilt onto yourself mm-hmm. so that you don't ever grow numb. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was the latter. So I put tons and tons of guilt on me and I just like felt like dirty, everything. And then first year of college, I think was a turning point for me. Um, and when that gospel was personalized for me, because I remember I was just sitting with one of my friends and she had just shared like her own addictions and her struggle and her freedom. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Callie, a lot of times when we measure victory over addiction, we measure it through time. We're like, oh, if I abstain for three months, then I, I'm victorious. Or if I don't do it for two years, then I'm victorious. Like it's very time-based. But she was like, no, because like Jesus died on the cross and he has already fought this battle and won this battle for you. And his victory is put on you. Like you are victorious now, not three months, not in two years. Like you are victorious now in this moment and today Mm -hmm. because of what Jesus did. And because the advertisement soundbite right there, I just want to let you know that. Yeah. And she was like, you, you're not defined by like your struggles Mm. like you don't see yourself by your struggles like you are a child of god Mm. and that's who you are that's your identity a lot of guilt and shame come with addictions because that is the way we view ourselves that is the identity we put on ourselves but that's not our identity and we are a child of god who is victorious right now in this moment that doesn't mean that like i just like stopped trying mm-hmm. but it was yeah. more so like i can address my addictions from a standpoint of victory rather than defeat mm, wow. and there's just like a level of like freedom yeah. that you feel and you really start to feel that like that grace and that mercy that like god has given us and so that's kind of <laughs> I felt that i felt that yeah. I just- I just had to give him glory. I felt that. I needed to hear that. I'm not even joking. I needed to hear that. Yeah. So I think that's when the gospel became personal into my life. I think a lot of times, like, when you... I was growing up in church, like, I was such a, like... a, I was that church girl who was, like, a rule follower. So, like, mm. I like because of guilt, I just, like, never did anything. Like, I couldn't lie to my parents. I, like, tried to follow the rules as best as, like, go. And so then when you grow up hearing the gospel of, like, oh, you're sinful and, like, God did this for your sins and he died and he like rose and you're like free blah 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 like it's sometimes because you don't have much of a pre-jesus it's hard to remember like what god saved you from or things like that but it's even just like the day-to-day things things that like whether it's like lying envy greed pride like those are all like very addictive repetitive sins that we all try to be better people we all whatever goal we're working on Mm -hmm. 
but knowing that despite the failure it doesn't mean that we aren't convicted by it and that we like especially if we, like we if we hurt other people like we mm-hmm. should feel convicted we should apologize we should do better and try better but not yes, having yeah. that guilt and shame aspect added to it where you're like no i'm like i've already conquered mm. this sin like mm. i am victorious and i'm not defeated wow even if i mess up one time so mm. that's kind of and i've always been like really passionate about like sharing this testimony just because i know like the more i shared about it the less you tie yourself to that identity right before because you're carrying so much guilt and shame you're like this is who i am this is who i am like yeah i don't want anyone to know but the more you talk about it and the more you talk about it your testimony from a standpoint of victory Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the less you let that be your identity because now you're verbally affirming every single time through telling other people that like i am more than this right right Mm. and so i'm very passionate about telling other people but also like the the more that I've shared the more that especially girls have come forward with their struggles with like porn and whatnot yes. which like, in a Christian circle is just so like tab I think it's gotten better now but before it was very like taboo and like no one like yeah. talked about yeah. it always just like the guys who like struggled or whatnot but like it just opens up a space for vulnerability, which is like essentially what your podcast is talking about. Like it's a space for girls to like kind of come forward with like what they struggle with and that we can like go through it together rather than like hiding it and feeling guilt and shame Mm -hmm. because guilt and shame kind of come from hiding it. Wow. Yes. And and you know, that's funny thing because according to the analytics, um, over 60% of the viewers and it's a lot of viewers of the podcast are women Mm -hmm. um or folks that identify as you know women but that my analytics has um they set it as like a different category they say like um non-binary i don't know how to change that but um but yeah wow so i mean i know for a fact that there's someone listening right now or listening next year that's gonna need to hear that Mm -hmm. you know and they might not need to hear it now but they're still gonna listen to it and it might you know come up you know relevant in their life two years from now and they're gonna remember Callie you know what Callie said I'm not alone things like that Mm -hmm. you know um that is amazing. Oh my gosh. Thanks. I'm sorry to mean interrupt you. Go ahead. Keep sharing. Oh, no, you're good. I mean, I think the main point that I want to go spread across is a whatever addiction. Because so, I, I know that like culture that these days, especially um, when it's not tied to Christianity, uh-huh. like porn masturbation for girls is like mm-hmm. um, recommended and promoted as like sexual empowerment mm-hmm. or whatnot. Like, that's just not, it doesn't necessarily go with my personal values, but regardless of what you believe, I'm sure there is something that goes against your value, Mm -hmm. whatever your own value is, that goes against your value that you have tried to like stop doing, Mm. but you like struggle to stop. So whatever like addiction in your life that is, like it presents in different ways in different people's lives. 
but that's my target is like what it doesn't have to be like the one that I talked about that I like had guilt and shame over but like whatever addiction that you have like this is like what it means to believe in Jesus and like let the gift that he has given us the victory that he has won for us be put in you you know like it's kind of like he's offering this victory like take it and approach whatever you're struggling with from a standpoint of victory and freedom rather than like trying to fix it by yourself and then feeling defeated every time you fail right wow okay well um pastor Callie um, no, serious. <laughs> I'm just all in tune. I'm like, mm-hmm, wow. I'm just all in tune. I done forgot where I was for a second. <laughs> just mm-hmm. suck it in. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. There's something I'm gonna tell you, but after this, mm-hmm. um, after this, because it's about a little bit about what we talked like about before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow oh my gosh thank you oh yeah. my gosh yay what so good to end it's kind of like hot in here i don't know like i just i feel all inspired and just oh my gosh okay so this in so you know what i'm gonna do um mm-hmm. immediately after this i'm gonna re-listen to this about two three times while i do my homework mm-hmm. um finish my assignments um for one of my two or three of my classes um I gotta Mm -hmm. finish some assignments but I'm gonna be listening to this intentionally and then the second time I'm gonna be listening to it in the background while I do my assignment um because it's I need to soak this in more and more the Mm -hmm. fact that you said exactly what I needed to hear and there are some of the things I didn't even know I needed to hear until you said it yeah so (laughs) Pastor Callie pretty much um I want you to touch on that we have a lot we have some time left to touch on that of (laughs) not and, and I know this is, you know, um, okay, so not where I want to be, mm-hmm. but exactly where I need to be. I know for me, I, you know, sometimes I believe it or sometimes I don't when it comes to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not where I want to be in life, but, I, but I'm exactly where I need to be. Sometimes mm-hmm. I believe it in the moment and sometimes it's like one of those things where I look back and I'm like, you know, I needed to be there. But mm-hmm. um but I want to know what this is to you. Not where I want to be, but exactly where I need to be. Yeah, so I, last last year, so I'm currently in LA right now. LA! Woo! Um, anyways, but I, I moved here last week. But before that, I spent a year in San Clemente, which is like a small little beach town. Wait, wait, how are you? Was the tropical storm as bad as they put it on? Oh, no, it was just like any other rain. Exactly. The news is so... It was fine. Um, But yeah, so I was... So August 2023, last year, I moved from Texas, where I was born and raised, to San Clemente, a small beach town. 
and I stayed there for a year and then I moved to LA last week. But my season in San Clemente, I would say is probably my loneliest year in my life. Um, I remember the moment I landed in San Clemente, I was like, I don't belong here. Like I just immediately knew like this was not my place. Right. I, and originally I picked San Clemente because of like a job offer mm-hmm. there. Um, and I had wanted to move to California because I liked nature and the weather. And so um, I never heard of San Clemente, found it on a map and I was like, this is probably not bad. And then I landed and it's just it's such a like small town, like town like where everyone knows each other. It's a it's a surf town, so everyone surfs. Ooh. It's very it's there's nothing like wrong about that culture, but it's just a culture that it didn't felt like me, and it felt very hard for me to belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was nice there. I made a, I made friends, but I just didn't feel like I could connect on a deeper level, just because we were like very different. Yeah. And I remember, and I'm an extrovert, so being alone it for an extended period of time is very hard for me but i feel like i was just i was putting myself out there i was going to different churches i was going to different like social events i was showing up to a lot of things and having a lot of small talk with strangers and whatnot and i made these like friends that like i would say hi to at church but no no one that i felt deep and comfortable enough to call if I like needed to cry or something. And I, and there were so, so many weekends that came where I had no plans and I was like scrambling to find something to do. Um, Holidays were very, very hard because Orange County where I'm at, it's a very family friendly place. And so a majority of people there have family like within 30 minutes. And so when it came to holidays, like they had their family to spend time with and there weren't really any transplants in that area. And so like holidays was always like, I dreaded the holidays because I was like, I know I'm going to be by myself for the weekend. It's going to be a lonely time. Right. So it was very, very lonely season mixed in with the breakup that we talked about last mm-hmm. episode. Um, it just like wasn't a good combo. And I remember telling myself in the first half of the year, I was like, God has a plan. Like I'm here for a reason. Like it'll, it'll, it'll show, it'll show, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think I always thought of myself as like being in a place for like others. Like I always want to like make a difference with where I'm at. Right. And so I felt like I wasn't really making a difference because I didn't know anyone to like, I feel like really make a difference. Um, But I kept telling myself like, it'll come, it'll come. And it didn't come. And then a year later, uh, like just multiple things happened and the living situation fell through. And that's when the idea came to move to LA. It's kind of like, I was just exacerbated at that point where I was like, are these all just signs for me to go? Like, should I stay? Should I go? Why has living here felt so hard for me? Mm. Um, but at the same time, there's, I felt like if I left San Clemente, it would feel like a, I was a failure in a way. Like, I was like, well, if I leave a year in 
and without really feeling like I made a difference for anything or anyone, would that mean that I had picked the wrong place and kind of gone like a little detour to where I'm meant to be? And it was a hard struggle because I just, I chose wrong, you know? Um, and whenever I would tell people like, what were the, especially since I was like leaving San Clemente at that point, that's when you start reflecting on your time there, right? Like yes. what came out of it, what was accomplished? And what came out of this season of like loneliness for me was this development and friendship of a, like a one-on-one friendship between me and Jesus. Mm. Like prior to my season in San Clemente, I, spending time with Jesus felt like that like 10 to 15 like minute quiet time that you check off that you did every day and like praying I like I either would zone out I would start thinking about other things it just always felt such like so hard to like do it and stay focused for it to feel restful and then like like I could I couldn't ever fathom like spending more than 10 or 15 minutes right um, with Jesus at that time but this past year was the first time that I ever spent like an hour with him and felt like it wasn't enough mm. because I started getting into this like journaling habit and then I would journal prayers and then I would listen to him and it became this entire like conversation with Jesus during that time alone I developed like an awareness of his presence with me like it's so cheesy to say like or cliche to say that like you're never really alone because God is with you like when you actually like feel and are aware of his constant presence like I really did start feeling less lonely or less alone like I would on weekends towards the end like on weekends where I had no plans like my disciple encouraged me to get in the car and be like all right Jesus like what are we gonna do today what adventure are we gonna go on today and it became like me and him running errands together like checking out random things together, going to the beach and conversating about my life or like me crying to him, me grieving with him, even me wrestling with him because I was yes. mad at him. Like yes. I just felt this like actual relationship developed. Yeah. And that is something that I've never really had before. Yes. Like yes. to me to spend an hour or two like alone with him and like, feeling disconnected when I haven't had that in a while. Like that has never happened until this year when I was alone. And one of my friends told me like, maybe it wasn't necessarily that San Clemente was the wrong choice or the wrong place. Maybe it's not even the place. It's just that this is the season you were meant to go through. And regardless of what you would have picked, you would have gone through a season of loneliness because out of that like developed this like what me and my sampler would call it like this garden that you like grew and bloomed with him that now that you are leaving san clemente like you are much more equipped la is like such a city of chaos and distractions and now you've developed kind of like this core relationship and like quiet stillness that you need to sustain yourself in a chaotic city and so 
that's it's, I guess it's less of like a place but more of like a season of like I didn't want this season I didn't want to be lonely I didn't want to be sad especially during a breakup right right yeah 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 this was the season that I like needed for my own growth and my own like soul to like rest be still and build a friendship with God that I never really had before. He was always kind of like my Lord, you know? Right, right, right. That kind of relationship, um, but yeah. Yeah, you got to, to develop, you know, on a different level of intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I like how you express it. It definitely didn't feel good in the moment, <laughs> of course. Like, Gosh. Ugh, I hate that. I was like, I wish growth could also feel great. Like, I wish growth could feel great, you know? Um, Yeah. Because, you know, we are human beings. We are spiritual beings, you know, encountering and going through a human experience. So it's like, you know, we we, we definitely have, um, and I know all emotions are neutral um, at the end of the day, but, you know, it still doesn't feel good. (laughs) And that can really get to us, you know? Um, Yeah. Um... There was something that you had mentioned. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot a lot. I forgot what I was going to say. Good Lord. It was literally like right there. Right there. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe this. I mean, this happens all the time on the episodes. I always forget what I'm going to say. I mean, oh, I was just gonna ask a question, but I cannot think of it. It'll come to you later. It'll come to me later. It'll probably gonna be after the episode. Gosh. <laughs> the point is, um, and I'm, I'm thinking me saying the point is, is gonna help me remember. Um, well, I will say this, I definitely needed to hear that. Um, I'm not going through that now necessarily, but I was going through that. Um, well, I was going through you know, similar, you know, when I was at Portland State University two years ago, and Mm -hmm. I just immediately, as soon as I got to the airport, I was like, I know this place isn't for me. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see what the heck the point of it was until the last, like, three weeks, Mm -hmm. you know? And me being a human, I'm like, oh, I remember what I was going to say, by the way. So I'll say that after. Me being a human, I'm just like, God, did it really take all of that? (laughs) Did it really take all of that? Did it really take all of that? I was like, for those in three weeks, did it really take all those months? You know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not him. But as a human, I'm like, that. it didn't need to take all that. But I'm not him. I don't know how I would have responded to those last three weeks. You know, Mm -hmm. I would say I experienced... Uh, a grace that I've never experienced before from certain individuals. And that's really interesting for me to experience like actual like grace, not just the word, but the actual like actions, you know, mm-hmm. like of grace. I was like, wow. And um, Portland State, just Portland in general was a great I, there was a lot of hatred and anger and frustration that I had towards God, you mm-hmm. know, that I had for like a couple years prior, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I would say three years prior. Um, and 
I was, I was, of course I was purging it out by being honest with God. But once I got to Portland, it's kind of like I was forced to purge all the rest of it out. All of the rest of it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that was needed to purge out all my like, because it's not like I wasn't being honest with him. I just think that there is a deeper level of honesty that he wanted me to give him. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, I was already being honest with him, you know, with me being angry at him, but he's all like, okay, I'm gonna allow you to go a little bit deeper with that. It wasn't a little bit, it was a lot of bit. I'm gonna allow you to go a lot of bit deeper with that. Um, because he was just, you know, he. I, I would say I do know now, you know, that it, it was just a reminder that he's not afraid of our emotions. He's not afraid of our words. He's yeah. not afraid of it. Now, he's not, it doesn't make him uncomfortable. Now, it, make, it may make other people um, and other Christians uncomfortable, you know, because um, we are at the end of the humans. And I know everyone responds differently to like when it comes to honesty and faith or honesty and religion. I think mm -hmm. they are two different things. Um, but because um, when I think of faith, I think of relationship. Yeah. When I think of religion, I just think of rules and not really that much relationship. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. And then also something that you had mentioned. This is the thing that I uh, yes. finally remember. You know, because faith is never, faith was always meant to be tested and tried and wrestled with. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not something yeah. that. You know, people, you know, at least in the uh, Christian environments that I've experienced, and I've experienced many, mm -hmm. um, that's not something that's like that talked about, or, you know, it's just like, oh, get on your knees, or just say a prayer and thank God. You know, he's all like, faith doesn't always look like worship quote-unquote worship he's like sometimes faith looks like you cussing me out you being extremely vulnerable extremely honest extremely broken in front mm -hmm. of me extremely dirty you mm -hmm. know being exactly what makes people uncomfortable he's all like bring that all to me you are mine mm -hmm. come to the throne room i've already got you back like I already know. I've seen worse. <laughs> God's like, I've seen worse, and you're nowhere near that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, because um, ser seriously, you know, and it makes me think as well, Holy Spirit holds me accountable because I'm not a stranger to, like, bashing a po bashing, bashing politicians from both sides. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm very mm -hmm. aware of capitalism and... Mm -hmm. the manipulation and how both parties as long as they're getting money they don't really care about us you know yeah. we give them money we literally yeah. give them money <laughs> yeah so um um but then i think about and i just bash them and i bash hitler and stuff like that and i know this is going to be make people uncomfortable you know however the cross is even for Hitler. The cross is even for the corrupt politicians. You know, when Jesus got on that cross, you know, he didn't exclude anybody, any human being. He only excluded the fallen angels and the principalities of darkness. Mm -hmm. And even that, you know, 
he wrestled with that as well. But at the end of the day, he chose, he was like, it was either going to be us and them or just us. And he chose us. And I think about, I'm like, you chose us. And I'm like, those principal, not all of the principalities of darkness known him longer than us. Um, mm -hmm. Long story. But the fallen angels, they known you longer than us. You've had face-to-face -face contact with them you know they had relationship with you and you chose us and i'm like that is so beautiful but the point of the matter is i'm getting off topic is you know faith is meant to also be wrestled with faith is not always going to look pretty you know what regardless of whatever you know the protestant westernized christianity teaches you know i'm not bashing it i'm just saying that that is a reality you know mm -hmm. that we're you know taught that you know yeah faith means oh hands always up and prayers and thank you god you know um if i were to have a church i would call it i wouldn't even call it the church i would call it the outcast because i feel like it would be like extremely extremely honest relationship you know with god for example like when it comes to worship time that's gonna look different for people i'm like if you need to go scream and cuss them out do what you gotta do you know with the worship music it's not just it, it, it's it's meant to be a dialogue it's not just us speaking these great things to him it's also him speaking these great things to us because mm -hmm. though we put him first and we put ourselves second he puts us first and himself second you know he decided to put us first and himself second um on that cross he put us first thinking of us you know and he came at our worst he didn't come when he was feeling these ooey gooey feelings about us he came at our dirtiest darkest at our worst where he had every freaking right to leave us I, I feel like at the end of the day, like even if you think about your our human relationships, like no one ever wants like a human relationship with a friend that is polished, right. where we hold like all our like negative emotions in and only are fake with each other. Yeah. Um, because like God, like you said, like God knows what's in the heart mm -hmm. and he doesn't want us to be fake with him or like polished with him. That's not a relationship. That's where religion comes in. Mm -hmm. um, and so he wants us to be... I used to be there, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, we all that. growing up, like, okay. we all have to be perfect. I just, gotcha. I just wanted to throw myself under the bus for me. It was kind of like a... Not, not under the bus. I wanted to throw myself under the Hummer limousine for me mm -hmm. because, you know, um, I, I, I was having a pride moment there. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. allowing my biases to come through towards mm -hmm. certain people that I was thinking about. So yeah. Was okay. I yeah. used to be, you know, yeah. the type that, you know, with the friendships, like, like mm -hmm. in high school, you know, like me saying no so that I could keep them in my life and, you know, just that polished stuff, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know what was best because I was not shown best. So I was just thinking that this was best until I encountered you know, friendships where it wasn't polished, it was honest. Mm -hmm. It wasn't negative, it wasn't positive, it was honest. Yeah, and that's what God wants with us. Um, and I've noticed that, that's like, so adorable. well, once 
one thing that like a friend told me is that you have to be close with God to wrestle with him. And so um, that like, I think wrestling has like brought me definitely closer, more honest, more real with him. And I noticed that like, I, the way that, that I talk- in the Bible, it even says that in the Bible, we're yeah. not to wrestle with it. It's, it, it says, sorry, go ahead. Um, a lot of times, like I will journal kind of like what I want to say to him. And usually like, if you, if I read back, or just even towards the end of it, I notice I, I will start off upset at God. Like, God, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And it's almost like when you open up your heart to him, you leave it vulnerable for God to change it and for God to humble you. And so it comes off very accusatory, but then towards the end of like the journal entry and the involvement of it, like I am, I go back to remembering who he is and it goes into like a thankful attitude. So it's almost like if we cover and put a bandaid over like the negative stuff and we only pretend with God, then we're not allowing him to essentially cleanse it and like humble and renew that side. But when we open that wound up and we're like, God, I feel hurt or I'm mad or I'm I'm upset right now and I know that I don't have the right to be, but that's how I feel right now. Yeah. It allows God to kind of turn your limited view to slowly like see his side yeah. or like his Ooh, yes. um, more open view. And you're reminded of like God's goodness. Wow. So I think that's kind of, what hap happens most of the time yes. when we are honest with him. Yes. Honesty equals healing. It's kind of, yeah. And it's also like, bring that stuff out to the light. And it's a process. It's hard. It's just like, you know, uh, trees don't, you know, like trees need a light to prosper. Mm -hmm. You know, I do feel like that darkness definitely, you know, has its season of being buried you know like the burying it's dark and stuff like that but you know eventually it's going to come a time where that opportunity for growth is going to come and that that uh seed of the tree is starting to sprout towards the light and i think like i know for me i have in the past um when that seed would start to come out the dark i'd like stomp it back in the dark when it was time to come out to the light and that's when us you know not bringing things to the light can come to hinder us and harm us so it's kind of like we got to bring that stuff out to the light and some people the light looks like just confessing it to yourself some people the light looks like you know confessing it to god or confessing it to others or you know journaling it you know just some form of acknowledgement um, is also considered light. And so I just think that that's really beautiful. Um, what you've just been mentioning and talking about, you know, you just had a whole sermon um, and we love that. And uh, we love that. And Callie, thank you so much. Of course. Okay, I do, oh, 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 I'm gonna ask you something after this, by the way. Okay, I'm gonna, there's two things I'm gonna ask you after this. And I just wanna know your thoughts. Okay. Okay, so everyone, um, everyone listening or watching this, um, if no one has told you today that you are lovable, 
please allow me to be the first. Allow yourself to be the second. Folks, you are lovable. You are not deserving because you are worth it. Deserving is earned. Worth is given because you are valuable. It's like that hundred dollar, $100 on the ground. You know, it doesn't matter if that thing's been stomped on, dirty. It doesn't look like it deserves $100, but that's $100 regardless. And we we will get $100 worth of items because of that $100 bill. Why? Because it is just given value. It doesn't have to deserve it. It is just as value, valuable on its best days as it is its worst days. It does not change value ever. So folks, that's you. I know society, you know, can kind of make us feel like, oh, we're supposed to, like, like our actions make us earn and deserve things, you know, and a human, uh, that's how the society works. But just you folks as an overall human being, as you are, aside from society, you are worth it, folks. And you are loved. And I'm glad you're still on this earth, folks. And I'm looking away from the camera because... A boss is trying not to cry because <laughs> because I got I got Vaseline on right now because like I got some skin stuff going on right now thanks to the Texas heat and I don't like the feeling of water touching Vaseline I just don't like that feeling so I'm trying to like look away for the camera so I don't cry so oh sorry I almost knocked this laptop over alrighty folks um thank you Callie for showing up and you know we love a good all-star and folks I will see you next episode for whatever that episode will be <clears throat> alrighty bye folks Josias and Callie out